Hello, this is the No Wellness Wankery podcast. My name is Jenna DePeace and I'm joined each week by Lindy Cohen. Hello, everyone. And today we're deep diving into how did I become a nutritionist, a dietitian, and I guess start this business. Yes, this is a question you get a lot in your DMs on Instagram, nude underscore nutrition, if you'd like to poke around, have a look, about people studying nutrition, people studying dietetics, what they should be doing. I suppose to start off with just some general advice for people, where did you study and what qualifications do you have? Okay, cool. So for first thing, when I started, when I decided to become a dietitian or nutritionist, it was very uncool. Like it was certainly not a popular profession. Um, in where I, I live in Sydney, Australia, in New South Wales, there were two university, three universities, including Wollongong, Newcastle and Sydney that offered the degree. There was probably about 50 graduates, 150 graduates from New South Wales each year. Um, what I'm saying is there were really just a few hundred dietitians who were re- graduating in Australia each and every year. Which is small. Really small. Since that point, there has been an explosion in different universities and schools that are providing people with a either a nutrition or a dietetic degree. I really wanted to become a dietitian in addition to a nutritionist, which by the way, there is a difference. Let's do that now. Um, so a nutritionist is someone who, who studies, um, it's, it can be a regular, we've got a whole podcast where we talk about the difference between dietitian and nutritionist. It's sometimes regulated, but it's often not. And so some kind of like online university could say, or college could be like, Hey, you can become a, a nutritionist with this six week course. Um, or someone does a four year course where they become a clinical nutritionist. Of course, those are very different things. Um, the issue with the nutritional field is that that isn't regulated the way that it needs to be. There are some organizations who are trying to come and create some kind of form of control around it so those people who are studying for four years aren't just thrown all together with the people who have that six-week course and know nothing about nutrition really okay so to be a nutritionist means that you can help see clients one-on-one in a private practice kind of situation you can go into business um there's a whole bunch of stuff that you can do with that degree to be a dietitian means you can work not only can you do those things, but you can also work in hospitals. You can work in more of a clinical setting, um, working with GPs in allied healthcare professional environments. Um, and it is kind of recognized as a higher level degree. So once you are a nutritionist, you can then go and do a master's in dietetics. Um, there are programs at the moment call themselves like nutrition and dietetics, but you don't become a dietitian at the end of it. So if becoming a dietitian and accredited practicing dietitian in Australia, um, it would be like a registered dietitian in the US. If you're interested in those kinds of things, you need to make sure that you're getting a, a degree that either you're going to end up as a dietitian or at least there's a pathway to becoming a dietitian. So a little bit about the course. Is it hard? I assume it would be hard. (laughs) So I studied at the University of Newcastle. I graduated in 2011. it's such a hard course. So I, I I think you need to understand that you do very complicated science degree, science yeah, courses. Yeah, it's science-based. So chemistry, um, molecular chemistry, you do organic chemistry, you do pathophysiology, you do you do, I mean, what, what else do you do? That's really hard. A lot of things that you do are really hard. Um, to be honest, my brain definitely skews more to the white towards the side of creativity. I really enjoy science. I'm really fascinated by science, but the organic chem was really quite hard for my brain to get ahead around. Mm-hmm. So the first few years of your nutrition degree aren't really about nutrition at all. And oh, there's a really high attrition rate. I think we started with 
200 people. So attrition means dropped out? Drop out, drop, high tro- dropout rate. So there's about 200 people who started the course. And then I think 50 of us graduated. Wow. Yeah. So it's a really tricky degree. And they tell you up front, most of you here won't end up finishing this degree. There are some times where, you know, let's say you fail one unit you fail, you have to repeat the entire year. Um, and it's something that's unrelated to, to nutrition. It was just like a chem thing that you failed, but it's an instant failure, which sets a lot of people back. And then I think they don't end up coming back for they don't end another up. year. So you need to get your head around the fact that this is a science degree and it's a science degree for good reason. You need to understand what's happening behind the body so you can then go and help people and translate it for them. Um, by the last couple of years, the degree in my experience definitely became more nutrition focused. So I do things like uh, food technology where you're learning how do we come up with recipes or what makes food good or um, how does changing the protein ratio in something adjust the the bindability of food or the what what is what role does gluten which is a protein have in food and food service um, and then the last year for me was placement so you're going along to different food organizations um, and learning as much as you possibly can What I'm saying is it was a really hard degree. It is a hard degree for good reason. We really want to create a really high standard of people who are actually able to qualify. I will go and say that not everyone who qualifies, I think, is excellent at what they do. There's always going to be a spectrum of people just because you got a pass and you, you know, got a degree doesn't mean that makes you exceptional. Um, Of course, within any profession, there are going to be people who are excellent and other people who are really just doing the the basic bits. (laughs) So you've gotten through your degree. It was really hard, but you did it. You stuck it out. Then what did you do after you graduated? Okay. So after graduation, it was GFC um, or post GFC. So um, global financial crisis for anyone too young to remember, um, which is basically a time where there were no jobs and (laughs) it was like just nothing. I remember at the time, so let's say there were a couple of 150 graduates in New South Wales at the time. There were three jobs in the whole state, state for dietitians. And I remember thinking, what have I done? I've just done this really hard degree. I've acquired all this debt under my name to get it to, to graduate in a profession where there are no jobs that they're hiring. And I think this is a very important thing. If you're thinking about becoming a nutritionist or a dietitian, do not expect to be employed. If you are one of the minority who gets employed by someone, amazing. There are some jobs, but really when you become a nutritionist or a dietitian, this job is very much about being your own boss. Nowadays, I would say that 80% of my work is business and 20% is nutrition. And I think that's a very important thing that you need to recognize that by becoming a nutrition dietitian, you are committing to a, a life of working in business with a specialty in nutrition. Um, and if you can stomach that, if you understand, okay, well, I'm, I know I'm going to have to run my own business, which means I'm going to have to do my own invoicing, which means I'm going to have to do my own marketing, build my website, all these kinds of things. I'm going to have to be the admin person. And if you can stomach that as a career, it's not just pure helping people all the time. Then I think that's really important. The other thing I'd like you to know is that you are going to be dealing with people all the time, that this is like, you need to be someone who's, um, an empath, empathetic, someone who, who likes people, who likes communicating, who likes chatting, who cares about other people. And wants to help people. And wants to help people. And if you're not, it's probably not the right profession. Of course, you can go down the research route, which you're still helping people without that daily one-on-one interaction, which we certainly need lots of good researchers. Um, but for the mass majority of people, we're going to be working with people. And there's something 
when you, it's a professional, you give a lot. And so sometimes you'd walk out of clinic and go, wow, I really felt like I gave, I need to go home. I need to do some self-care because I need to rebuild my energy levels. Especially if you go into an area like what I do, which is eating disorders, disordered eating. Um, it can, it, it, it takes can be, a lot of energy. Yeah. And you give a lot of yourself. And so I think that's another thing to remember is you, you're not going to find a job very easily. Um, you're going to have to create your own profession. It can be emotionally draining and also you don't earn heaps. I think that's another important thing. Um, it's not a super high, well-paid profession, especially nowadays where it has become so popular. There are so many people who are coming into the profession. There's more competition than there's ever been. So if you're doing this, you have to be doing it for the right reasons. So what do you think those right reasons are? <laughs> well, you want to help people and there's, there's a perspective that you have. I got into dietetics for all the wrong reasons. I got in, I became a nutritionist dietitian because I was like, I was at the height of my eating disorder. And I was like, what a brilliant profession to help me control my weight. I'll get paid to stay thin. I'll get paid to help other people stay thin. And through studying nutrition, I realized food is so much more than what you weigh. Yeah. <laughs> than crazy calories thought. in or calories out. <laughs> Who'd have thought? But I didn't realize that at the time. But it was actually, there was also another girl in my in my same class who had anorexia nervosa and I saw her recovery process by the end of the degree. There was also a recovery for her. And by 21, I hadn't recovered yet, but I had graduated and I had decided all those nutritionists and dietitians who I'd seen through from the age of 11 to 21, each had contributed to my disordered eating in a, in a new and novel way. And I really wanted to be different. And so here I was the beginning of my degree to the end of the degree, I completely transitioned into seeing things differently and I was ready to start my recovery. I decided I was going to start practicing differently from the way that I've been taught. And that's the other thing to note. This is a very new profession. So it started in around the 50s where you have your first dietitians, nutritionists. In the 70s, it becomes more popular. And in the last 10 years, we have seen an absolute boom in this profession. Now, prostitution's been around for <laughs> forever. <laughs> Nutrition and dietetics is very new. Okay. So just because something hasn't been done before doesn't mean it's not worth doing. So we are still pioneering in this space. And what I need, what I need is more good nutritionists and dietitians, people who care about other people, who aren't just going to regurgitate the things that have been done before because we know we haven't done things right in the past and I, I would love a call to action for like novel thinkers innovators people with who have a real intention of truly helping people who like research who like who are very interested by human behavior we need people like you to come and be brilliant nutritionists and dietitians I love that. I think that's very great advice. If you're wanting more on this topic, I know Lindy has a really great blog post and some information on her website all about that. Yeah, I think so. I, I think I think that's a really nice place to go. So go into my website. Um, I think it's called, uh, nutri- so you want to be a nutritionist or dietitian, nutrition career advice. I have a YouTube video that you can watch that I really want you to watch as well where I go into this. Um, but, but fundamentally, I want you to know that this is a hard profession to get into. And so you're going to need to build yourself up from scratch and how it is. I'll do another podcast episode where I talk about how I built up my business because I think that's an entirely different topic. Now, I hear many of you are going to be asking, well, which, where should I study? Which degree would you recommend? I haven't looked into which degrees there are available in 10 to 15 years. So I do and not. And things change very quickly in yeah. universities. So I can't tell you which one you should study. I can just tell you, well, you need to work out what, what do you want to be by the end of your degree? What are you willing to do? And what do you have a special interest in? 
So fundamentally, I see this idea of the generalist nutritionist dietitian is going to fade. And what we're going to see is higher specialties, high, higher degree of specializing within the within the, the industry, which I think is brilliant. Currently, when I graduated, my website was like, Lindy can help you with. And then, she, then I named like 30 different conditions that I had been trained to help people with yep. from diabetes to cardiovascular disease. And sure, I had enough knowledge to help people with those things. But I've subsequently specialized in helping people who are constant, constantly dieting, who have tricky relationships with food. And, and these are my people. And I am I am an expert in this area. And so I think what I want you to contemplate is kind of going, you don't you know, you have to know your expert, like your specialty at this point. But you might just know your general interests and what you think would be something you'd like to expert in. Exactly. Like maybe pediatrics and kids has always been something that fascinates you or IBS and IBD is something you've struggled with yourself. So you're like, okay, cool. Or you've struggled with fertility. So you really want to help other people with like specific fertility stuff, all brilliant stuff. Maybe have an idea of what it is that you'd really like like to do it because I think there's a lot of room in this world for people who are specializing in one area and doing it exceptionally well. Can I also just add this idea about disordered eating in here? Because I think it's an important um, thing is that we know that 75% of women have disordered eating, um, which means, you know, 75% of our teachers, 75% of our nurses, of our CEOs who are women are going to have disordered eating. What that means though, is who do you think is more likely to become, go into a certain profession? like nutrition, someone who has an eating disorder or disordered eating. And so what we're, we're getting at the moment is a really high ratio of people with disordered eating who are going into this area of being a, a dietitian or a nutritionist. And I did it. So I can't, I can't say that we shouldn't be doing this, but I think we just need to be mindful that if you are coming at this going, I'm, I, I currently have disordered eating. I have an eating disorder. This is why I'm doing this. I don't want to stop you from doing it, but at the same time, you need to be seeking proactive care to recover from that eating disorder, disordered eating. And when you go into start practicing, you need to make sure that you aren't bringing in your disordered relationship with food to your clients. I actually think I'm a much better practitioner because I have a history of an eating disorder. I think it makes me deeply care about people I help. And that might be the same thing for you. But um, I think we have this habit, the, the history of dietetics and nutrition has been people with unhealthy relationships with food, giving people advice about food. I'd like to see that change. So help be part of that change. I like that. I think that's very good advice. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of No Wellness Wankery. If you'd like to leave us a review, rate, or even send Lindy a message, nude underscore nutritionist is her Instagram handle, and we will chat to you next time. Hey, I've got a question for you. Does binge eating feel like your dirty secret? And are you sick of trying to be good, but falling off the bandwagon and losing control around food? If so, I can help. Binge Free Academy teaches you how to beat binge eating and feel in control around food giving you doable evidence-based strategies. You'll get lifetime access to 30 practical step-by-step video lessons, 12 group coaching calls with me, and become part of my Binge Free Academy community for life. As a recovered binge eater, I get it. I know there's no quick fix or one-stop shop for binge eating. And so that's why I want to give you the ongoing support and care you need and deserve. And I'm so confident it will help you that I'm offering you a 30-day money-back guarantee. So no risk or reward. You can take control over your food and your life. And I think it's the best investment you'll ever make towards reclaiming your life, your health, and your happiness. 
to learn more about Binge Free Academy, you can click the link in the show notes or go to lindycohen.com slash binge dash free dash academy.